This is a podcast by The Business Times. Welcome to Money Hacks, a podcast series by The Business Times, where we explore useful financial tips to help you on your money managing and wealth growing journey. I'm your host, Howie Lim. Now, NFTs or non-fungible tokens started making all sorts of noise in early 2020, which left many both excited and confused at the same time. These tokens or assets are unique, irreplaceable, and provide exclusive ownership on the blockchain. Data from market tracker DAP Radar shows that sales of NFTs reached some $25 billion in 2021 as the speculative crypto asset exploded in popularity. For more insights as to whether or not this is a huge investment tool, we're going to speak to Ethan McMahon, economist at Chainalysis. Ethan, thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. So what are we talking about? Lots of money here, you know, but scary for the risk averse like myself. We're talking $70 million, 90-some million dollars, but analysts are expecting a crash at some point, even though prices have been high and look to be increasing for some time. Would you say then that NFTs are inherently a speculative asset? You know, I would say similar to other financial assets, NFTs are not inherently speculative. I think the biggest thing is that users are aware of the evolving landscape. Uh, It's important to keep in mind that NFTs have really only come to this level of prominence in the last year or so, right? Mm. Um, So there's so much that is still being developed. And I just think that would-be investors need to just stay abreast of the latest innovations as well as uh, collections that are coming to the market. I would say putting some numbers also to it, you know, in 2020, we saw only about $106 worth of uh, dollars being sent to major NFT marketplaces. And as you pointed out, that number has exploded into the billions this year. And I would just say also that there are areas of the NFT market, just as there are areas of broader crypto markets, as well as other asset classes that have um, potentially higher valuations than the, the fundamentals would dictate. And so we'll likely see things correct in that space. But there's other aspects of NFTs like gaming, which are, if anything, undervalued. Um, and so I would just, you know, I, I think there are some, some speculative portions of it, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, I would say no. Thing is, though, NFTs is a new and untested asset class. They tend to suffer when central banks tighten monetary policy. Many are set to in order to combat inflation. So what should we do? How do we factor that into what we're going to be doing with NFTs, if at all we do anything? Yeah, I think I would preface this by saying it's a little tough to make any sort of broader conclusions, just because, again, the NFT space is so new, right? But I would say for those who are looking to get into the space, it's really just important to be diligent and continue to monitor how activity has been pacing. In a drawdown scenario, I think it's just not good advice to bet the farm on a new NFT collection. Um, and so I'd, I'd also say that, you know, maybe sticking to the, the blue chip collections in this space is probably more prudent. And I'd also th- say it's important to consider one's time horizon when uh, investing in NFTs. Someone who's a frequent trader and someone whose idea is to buy and hold an NFT for years will have greatly different perspectives on what you know a potential rate, rate hike would mean. So no advice on whether we're timing the market or time spent in the market? I, I think with anything, timing the market is just, is, you know, as I'm sure you can attest to it. It's nearly impossible. Mm. All right. So the market seems to be really hot. As mentioned, investors poured some $25 billion into it in 2021. Where could it possibly head moving forward? Is it even worthwhile getting into? Thing is, when something's already so hyped, some would say it's too late to get in on the action. That's a valid point. But I would say that, if anything, it's only continuing to heat up. Um, You mentioned that large figure in 2021. 
you know, Chainalysis has seen uh, about $8.3 billion worth of transfers to major NFT marketplaces in, gen- in January alone of this Whoa. year, which is the second highest month on record. So I would say that largely to date, the NFT space has been dominated by art pieces, right? Mm. And to the common person who's purchasing these, they don't have much utility beyond just that art. But I would say as the NFT landscape continues to evolve, we're going to see that that dynamic shift and you're going to see a lot of NFTs that have actual you know utility behind them. A good example, example of this would be the gaming space where you're going to be able to actually control um, and own your actual character in the game, as well as purchase assets, as well as land in these games. And that just totally changes the dynamic. And there's just still so much room for growth in terms of investment. Maybe we need some explanation then, because sure, the value of NFTs is tangible. We've got authenticity that can be verifiable, the ability to digitally track ownership, uh, inventory management of real world items. And now you're talking about the benefits that will come to the gaming industry. Play to earn is what you're talking about? or Yeah, absolutely. Play to earn. There's also the experience to earn. Maybe talk to us about that as well. Yeah, I mean, there are so many different use cases for NFTs that have yet to be explored. You mentioned play to earn. That's That's been predominantly being explored right now in the mm. gaming space. And how that essentially works is, you know, pick a game. In, your, in that game, your character, as you continue to play quests or do side missions, you'll gain experience and your character will, con- will continue to gain value. And in the traditional gaming world, you haven't been able to monetize your time spent in the game. But in the crypto native world, you will be able actually to sell your characters for actual money. And so that's what makes, from a user's perspective, just so much more alluring. And then there's also other use cases for NFTs that are really fascinating. One other thing that I think is coming to the fore right now is membership. So using NFTs as a way of membership into a group. Some groups already exist that are doing this. And you know, having purchased an NFT as part of their collection, you're granted access to different conferences. Many of these thus far have been kind of in the investment space, but still the use cases of NFTs like this is just so novel and and, uh, so attractive. I'm finding it hard to wrap my head around. So membership to a golf club, even though I don't play golf, for example, membership to uh, a fish restaurant, even though I don't eat fish or something to that effect. (laughs) I think it's, it's easier to think of it in terms of, let's take a smaller example of just in the investing space. You, you are granted membership into a circle of people who have knowledge about investing and your NFT gives you membership such that you can show it at an event, a real world event, and be granted access into the event. Same could be said actually of restaurants and I believe that they have actually been experimenting with that. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. We've been speaking with Ethan McMahon, economist at Chainalysis, about what investors should know with regard to the NFT market. So Ethan, all investing is risk. We talked about that. But how should investors factor in the volatility of this new asset class, given it's so nascent? And stick with what you know. That's the axiom, right? What if, you, what if you're John Snow, you don't know nothing? <laughs> so I would say, yes, it's, you're totally right that this market is really nascent. But I would say as the market continues to mature and then regulatory agencies start to place more guardrails on this new technology, we're going to expect to see that you know, some of the volatility in the NFT space will diminish. 
um, similar to what we've seen in any, any new asset class as well. But I would also add to that, that another thing that's, I, I would say a positive tailwind in this case would be the fact that institutional players are, are entering the space. And if anything, that just brings further legitimacy to, to the industry. Oh, I thought you might say they just spoil it for everyone because you talked about how regulation may be ramping up for this digital wild west, right? How do you see that playing out then? And what should we take note of, retail investors, that is? Yeah, I mean, so from the regulatory standpoint, we expect 2022 to kind of be the banner year or, you know, at least usher in a, a lot more firmer for, uh, regulatory frameworks for digital assets. And some countries actually already have been making announcements as it relates to potential taxation of NFTs. Uh, India, for instance, was looking to impose a tax on cryptocurrencies and NFTs at around 30%. And, you know, though some may not be as keen on taxation, it's actually a positive, I believe, for the industry um, because it serves to further legitimize the d digital assets in the eyes of many, including in institutions. But as it, as it relates to, you know, the, the common retail investor, I think what's most important is just to keep an eye on what the re latest regulations in your particular region are. So you don't want to, you know, run afoul of, of whatever uh, laws are, di are dictated in your region. Mm. Why the need to legitimize the space, though? What's illegitimate that's coming up of concern, you think? Well, with any new asset class, right, you'll, you'll find people who are maybe a little bit less keen on, on uh, well, I guess as an example I can give you, right? We've seen instances in Chainalysis's work of uh, wash trading in the NFT space. Mm. And wash trading essentially is just, you know, a particular individual fabricating activity to make it seem as if their own NFT has more transaction value. And that's something that, you know, to the unwary or unwitted, unwitty investor, if you just are looking at an NFT and you see that this, this particular NFT has all this action on it, you may run afoul and, and purchase an NFT that honestly isn't worth much. But with everything, our moms have always been right. Buyer beware, right? So one needs to do their own due diligence. One needs to just be careful. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's uh, that's easier said than done. But thankfully, yeah. I mean, <laughs> thankfully, there are tools out there that will better allow you to monitor your transactions as well as what's going on in the NFT space. All right, Ethan, bottom line, in or out, when and why? In, totally in. Uh, there are just too many potential use cases for NFTs, whether it's gaming, membership, or even some more innovative things that are going on with something like yield-bearing NFTs. For an, you know, for an individual looking to get involved, it's a little more complicated and the person needs to ask themselves about their own preferences and risk tolerance. But from an industry aggregate level, totally in. And I would say there's no better time than now. All right. Ethan McMahon, economist at Chainalysis. Thanks so much for your insights today. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the Audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note... All analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of 
or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.